Well, I think uh, nobody is going to be shocked to hear that the days of the Yellow Pages are dead. <laughs> but, but I think there's a lot of things that people still hold on to, and they they think, well, that's the way I've always done it. Uh, that's and, and, and it's not just relegated to the small business guy, the contractor. I think big businesses uh, are are stuck on on these kind of things as well. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Talking business ownership, the nuts and bolts, and everything in between. G'day and welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Was here actually finishing this episode off post-Christmas, but it was recorded pre-Christmas 2017. I took a holiday. I hope you did too, or had some sort of break, a bit of downtime, some renewal, and that you have already launched into 2018 like the Space Shuttle, preferably one of the more successful uh, missions before they shut it down. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I had a fantastic Christmas, and I'm getting this episode out to you uh, that I recorded with a mate of mine from the US of A, speaking of space shuttles. And uh, Nick May from Walls by Design, he's been on the show a few times before. We mentioned the episodes in the uh, interview that we recorded. And uh, Nick's doing some pretty cool stuff. He's actually got to the stage now where his business essentially works without him. And he's off, he's created a media company. He's uh, got multiple podcasts. He's doing speaking gigs. And he's doing some pretty cool stuff. But one of the things I really wanted to do is this Where Are They Now episode was check back in him about, in him? Check back in with him about his Facebook marketing and that little soundbite that you heard at the uh, top of the show there where so many of us do so many things because it's the way we've always done them. And that's not necessarily very bright because the world changes. And uh, as you know, there's plenty of sayings about adapt or die. So great chat with Nick. Always love talking to him on the show. He gives us his best rendition of an Australian accent, which I'm sorry, Nick, but it was pretty terrible, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to claim the uh, the trophy for being able to replicate your accent, buddy. So uh, strap yourself in, have a listen to this episode. Hope your 2018 has started well whenever you're listening to this, and I will see you on the flip side. <laughs> So joining me on the Tradies Business Show podcast today is, uh, I'm going to refer to this this guy as a buddy of mine. We've spoken a few times now. I've appeared on his podcast. I think I co-hosted with him for an episode uh, a whole bunch of months ago or a long time ago. And um, it's great to have him back. I'm doing this as a bit of the where are they now uh, episodes and checking in with some people I haven't spoken to for a while to see what they're up to. Nick May from Walls by Design. Welcome back. Well, good day. <laughs> good day, mate. Nice effort, mate. And we were chatting about accents at the <laughs> at the top of the show before I hit record. So that's that's a commendable effort, mate. But I I as I said to you earlier, I just haven't come across anybody from the northern hemisphere that is able to do an Australian accent very well. It's tough. It's I'm sure tough they're one. out there. But uh yeah. So, mate, uh, welcome back to the show. It's great to be chatting yeah, to you. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. It's it's always a pleasure uh, having a bit of a yarn with you on uh, on the airwaves, Nick. There's there's been a fair bit of water under the bridge since we spoke last uh, for both no, of us, I, I suspect. Yeah, mate. 
What's been going on for you? Oh, you know, just hanging out. I mean, really, <laughs> not, not not a whole lot. I, mean, I, uh, I don't remember how long it's been since you and I spoke, and I'm going to guess it's been roughly about two years ago, because I think the last time we spoke, I was talking about Facebook, yes? Yeah, I actually had to dig back in the archives uh, of the Tradies Business Show episode. So for anybody who does want to go back and listen to the two interviews that I've done with Nick, um, they were both with uh, back when Michaela and I were still co-hosting together. Uh, January 2015 was the first time, episode 21, which is wow. a long time ago in my podcasting uh, development. Um, At least I was old enough to drink. <laughs> uh, so episode 21 in January 2015, and uh, and then we had you back on the show uh, a bit over 100 episodes later for 123, and it was February 2016, mate. We're currently talking uh, a few days before Christmas in 2017. So you're right, man. It's almost two years. Wow. Yeah. Lots of lots has happened. Um I would say, let's see, what's the the quick story? So we have uh, we've grown about sixty sixty five percent year on year since uh, since speaking with you. Um, we were speaking about Facebook pretty pretty intensely, I believe, on that show, and that has yep. continued to be very successful for us. And in fact, I think back then we were doing ten or twelve times ROI, and now we've bumped it up to about fifteen um, for two thousand and seventeen, and we'll do. You know, we'll do close to six hundred thousand dollars worth of business through Facebook, and then uh, so next year we're hoping to leverage it a little bit more and get a little bit bigger ROI, and uh, we're going to push to try and do a million dollars through Facebook. Wow! So that's just through Facebook. Yes, that's just Facebook. So we have other channels for marketing, and uh, but that is definitely one of the uh, the strongest for us. Um, one of the other uh, channels that's really been coming on strong for us actually has been Google Ads. Uh, now, we haven't been able to scale it, but we did get about a 40 times ROI this year on the money we spent on Google Ads. So um, one of the uh, the really fun and exciting things that's happened since you and I spoke, and this was about a year ago, I hired my first full-time marketing director. Hmm. And um, if anybody remembers the, the, the chat we had before, I, I love marketing. And so it was a little bit of a harder hire for me because I always thought, well, I'll just always be the marketing guy, right? That's my job. Yeah. Um, but I would say through interviewing and, and talking with other business owners, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but um, I really learned the importance of, of building the right team. And I, I really kind of understood that as the business owner, even though I'm not in the day-to-day anymore, I still wear a lot of hats. And in order to focus on marketing, and I really do believe that once you figure out the business that you're in, uh, that you really have to market consistently uh, and fervently. And with me traveling as much as I am now, uh, I, I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't keep my foot on the, on the pedal. Uh, on a consistent basis. And, uh, and so we hired somebody originally, it was going to be a part-time intern. Um, he lived on the other side of the country when he answered the ad, he came to work for me. And I think within the first day we decided to push him to full time. (laughs) And, uh, um, and he, you know, like in any other small business, he had to wear a, a couple of different hats, but we've grown, we've added more people to the staff. And so now he's able to focus about 90% of his time on marketing and uh, and so that's been kind of exciting. 
That's brilliant, mate. Now, for for anyone who hasn't listened to your earlier episodes, they won't know anything about uh, Walls by Design and your business. So, can you yeah. give us kind of the executive summary of uh, of all of the enterprises and entities and uh, activities that you <laughs> control in your uh, your huge empire, Nick? Okay, so for the last eighteen years, I have run a, a business called Walls by Design. We're an interior painting company. We focus on residential, and we focus just on the inside of the house. Uh, so that we're a little bit of an, an anomaly in the fact that most painters will do just about anything. If it doesn't move, they'll paint it, right? Uh, and, and so we've kind of taken the other, the other side of that. And, uh, and so we focus on the inside of the house. We, um, we do like residential. We're actually trying to maybe tiptoe a little bit into light commercial, mm. but we, uh, we stay on the inside. And in fact, we don't do any staining work. So if you think about you know, most people that, that want to hire a paint contractor, um, about 80% of that work in totality is is just painting walls, ceiling, and trim. And so that's what we do. And we just we just do a lot of it. And, uh, and so that's what we market. And uh, we are probably in Denver, we're the largest residential painting company that, that does focus on the inside of the house. Uh, the typical paint contractor that would focus on the inside only would be you know, one guy, maybe a helper or two. Um, but that's about kind of it as far as the competition of guys that focus on the inside of the, of the, of the house. And so right now we have a team of about, um, 30 that make it happen for us. So that's, that includes about 18 guys out in the field. Um, maybe actually 20 guys out in the field, 20, Combination. What do you call the project manager? Do you call that guy in the field, or do you call him in the office? I don't know. Oh, uh, it depends on the business. Yeah, sometimes right. like maybe a site foreman or a, or a sure. uh, a foreman would be yeah. out in the field more commonly. Yeah, so we probably have sixteen guys that are actually producing, so painters, wow. and then we have three sales and project managers. We've just hired our fourth one, and so he's going to start a three month training process that we've uh, we've developed, and then I've got about five folks, six folks in the office. Um, and, uh, and then myself. So that's kind of the state of the, the painting business. And then, uh, we did, I started a podcast, mm. uh, about three years ago called the chaise lounge. And that was a podcast. I started to market my painting business, but it wasn't to homeowners. It was, it's directed at the interior design space. So I talk the business of interior design. We have, um, one of the top podcasts for that. Um, probably number one or number two, just depending on the day, uh, in iTunes. And, uh, and that's kept me more and more busy as we've grown that audience. Uh, and that has also turned into its own business because now we have sponsorship and I have staff that help me produce that. Uh, and then we just launched a new podcast called the business brush. And that is a, a podcast where I'm, I'm on talking to paint contractors about how do you build a successful painting business. And so I interview successful guys that are doing like over a million dollars. Then I'll interview guys that are younger that are doing, you know, less than 500 and we'll talk about strategy and how to, how to grow their business. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, uh, so that's kind of, that's it. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> those, are, those are all the business. I guess those are all the businesses that I'm, I'm a part of. We, we've, we've kind of started a media company, called I may media and that's what all the podcasts are going under and we're, we're, um, <clears throat> we'll be starting some other ones as well. Um, where we're, it'll all be content that's within the, the realm of 
you know, home services, whether that's in the interior design space or, you know, contracting or, or something. Um, but we have, uh, we've kind of plans to, to, to grow that as a platform. Yeah. Yeah. So mate, uh, you sound like a very busy man. Actually, you always have Nick. Like I've, uh, I've always picked up on your drive and just that uh, maybe the can-do attitude, uh, as as we would refer to down here as a can-do coconut, mate. Um, but... Oh, I like that. Can-do coconut? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I always refer to it as get shit done. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually tripped over someone uh, in New Zealand, funnily enough, who is... They've they've called their uh, company I think GSD Enterprises, uh, <laughs> so it's Love good that. good little affirmation for them. But um, mate, last time we talked to you, we we were talking specifically about Facebook for your painting business, and you were getting around a twelve times return on investment. So for every ten dollars invested in Facebook, you were getting one hundred and twenty dollars in in business back. You said that's gone up to fifteen times. Um, uh, there's a couple things I want to talk to you about because a lot of a lot of trades and and contractors I think are still perhaps a little skeptical or confused about um, marketing and you are a marketer uh, and I and I think that's why you have so much going on with podcasts and and it sounds like you're crushing it with your download numbers um, but what's been some of the hardest things for you? As a as a contractor, as a tradesperson, um, getting good at marketing. Like, what what's some of the key aspects that, if someone's listening to this, they should go and and learn more about or school themselves on? Well, I think uh, nobody is going to be shocked to hear that the days of the yellow pages are dead. <laughs> but, but I think there's a lot of things that people still hold on to. And they they think well that's the way I've always done it uh, that's and, and it's not just relegated to the small business guy the contractor I think big businesses uh, are are stuck on on these kind of things as well um, you know whether that's a banner ad or or radio advertising or you know just some of the traditional ways to advertise mm-hmm. and our attention as consumers has completely changed um, you know we've got we've all got this this uh, computer now in our pockets and we walk around and, and you can't go anywhere and not see somebody with their face down. Right. Yeah. And so that's where people are spending their time. And so for us as, as business owners, we, we got to understand that's how we get in front of the customer these days. Um, now I, I look at it like it's pretty cool. So we, we don't have to be the cutting edge in uh, contracting because it, things move a little bit slower uh, kind of in our, in our realm. So we just really have to kind of pay attention and, and figure out, well, what, what are kind of some of the bigger brands and, and other folks out there in marketing? Where are they finding success? And then let me kind of follow that. And if you can do that, you'll be ahead of the curve. So, like, so I say that because I'm already like, okay, Facebook is really popular right now with the demographic that I sell to. Now, the cool thing is that demographic is usually a little bit behind, right? The the yeah. the advanced stuff is the is in the kids, right? They're they're doing the Snapchats and they're doing whatever else is new. I don't even know. Yep. Um but um I don't have to be there because my demographic is from the age of 35 to 54, right? Mm. 
they're still on Facebook. Like they're consuming Facebook at a, a surprising uh, rate. Um, and so, but with that, I know that the next thing I need to know is where are the millennials spending their time. I don't need to know where they're spending their time. I mean, I don't need to be where they're spending their time now because they don't have the money control, right? Because yep. I know my audience and I know that my audience makes over $150,000 a year. Okay. And so they have to have the disposable income to say, hey, let me spend $5,000 to repaint my house or $4,000 to repaint my cabinets. Like I know that if you're 26 years old, you've got your first job, you're still trying to pay off your stupid student loans. Yeah. You know, at least that's, that's the state of the economy here in in the United States. And so, but I do know that I need to understand where those people are going. So Instagram is where a lot of them are spending a lot of their time. Uh, And the cool thing is we've already started to build our audience with Instagram. And like, if you put in paint contractor, like that's a pretty, like, how would you ever rank for paint contractor on Google, right? <laughs> well, if you put that, if you put that into the hashtag search on Instagram, we're like the top five posts. Ah. So we're already ahead of the curve. So that's what you, you know, you've got to understand that. And and the and the great thing is, is I don't necessarily, but I don't necessarily need to be getting, you know, a bunch of leads there. But I just, I'm, I'm already preparing myself for down the road. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think, from a marketing perspective, you've got to understand where where do I get ROI? And I think that's the greatest thing about the fact that we're small business owners now in this world in, where technology is now. Like we can, we can be competitive. Um, I can beat Sherwin-Williams or Benjamin Moore to paint contractor on Instagram. Like I couldn't, I, I can't do that on Google. No. But I couldn't. I couldn't have outspent them in yellow pages ads 20 years ago to ever, you know, rank on the world, you know, platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crazy so there's ways that, yeah. And so there's ways that we can compete and, um, the, it just has never been possible to in the, in the past. And, you know, I was listening to somebody this morning on a, on a podcast and, you know, if you think about what it used to take to, to have a, a television commercial <laughs> or, God forbid a television show. I mean, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? To yeah. to to record it, to produce it, all that kind of stuff. We literally have that ability in the in our back pocket now. You mm. know, we can jump on to Facebook Live and start a conversation and be, have exposure, and we can do that as often and as regular as we as we want. Yeah. And the funny thing is, the only thing that stands in the way is people's fear. And I hear that over and over and over, no matter who I talk to, that people, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be on video. Hmm. I don't, you know, I, and you just got to get over it. You know, um, I remember in high school work, I know this is, this may be surprising for you here, but I was deathly afraid of public speaking. I can remember being in English class and shaking that I had to give up, get up in front of 20 people and, and talk about something like that was, oh, that was horrible. Well, and now you know, I literally speak to thousands of people every single day and because of podcasting. And it's funny you bring that up because I, I have a very similar um, background where I seriously suffered from quite uh, elevated levels of social anxiety right through to my, my late 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated school because there were so many people 
and it freaked me out. You know, if I had to get up and stand in front of my own class, I used to sweat and shake and, you know, need to go to the toilet several times. And that dogged me for many, many years. <laughs> and like you, you know, I'm doing videos. I do a lot of video on Facebook and um, Facebook Live I used to do every week uh, to, to a few groups. And it's just, I think these platforms give us the opportunity to work on our stuff. But yeah, I, I see people who don't, um, they don't make the choice to confront those things and, and even attempt to overcome those fears. Mm-hmm. And as I said to somebody recently, what's the worst thing that could happen to you if you picked up yep. the telephone and followed up some of the leads that you've got? What is the absolute worst thing that could happen to you? Mm-hmm. And she's, she said, oh, well, you know, I, I could feel stupid and I might stumble my words and they'll think I'm an idiot and they won't buy from me, so I'll lose a customer. And I said, so that's the worst thing that could happen to you. So you can't die. <laughs> You're not going to get physically harmed. Right, and yet right. you know that that thing is going to actually help you in your business. So yeah. what's actually stopping you from doing that? It's just a choice. It comes down to that choice. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Nick, um, choices. What are some of the tough choices you've made in the last couple of years since I spoke to you? Have you, have you had any, uh, you know, been faced with any big decisions? You know, one of the big decisions we had um, that I, I agonized over was whether to get office space or not. Hmm. I, uh, for the last, uh, except for this year, uh, for the last five or six years, we were working out of my house. And I, uh, I was a, a little bit afraid because before the economy crashed, we, we had office space before and, you know, the business almost went under and I, I moved back to the house to save money. And I really, really tried to to just keep as much money into the business as we possibly could. But we, I, I saw it coming. I saw us adding people. It was already weird having two people come to my house <laughs> every day yeah, to yeah. work, and I would leave. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I, it was weird for me, but it was even more weird for them, you know. Mm. Um, and so I, and I looked for a long time. The real estate market here in Denver is really hot, and so prices are high. And I looked and looked and looked and then literally stumbled over this opportunity, which um, a guy who owns a big landscape company bought an old church that doesn't look like the traditional church. It's not like the steeple and all that kind of stuff, but it's more of a modern church and Mm -hmm. um, had the backside of the building that wasn't being used. And another friend of mine uh, had talked to him and was saying, hey, you know, what are you doing with the kind of the West Wing, if you will? And uh and they got to the talking and he said, well, we're not, we're not doing anything with it. What would you, you know, give me an offer. And, uh, so we moved in here and we, we couldn't have gotten this kind of space anywhere else for, you know, anything less than twice what we're paying. Yeah. Right. And so it was a really good opportunity. We filled it out almost immediately and now we almost need more space. Um, but after we made that decision, then that made uh, another decision easier. We, we ended up getting a, a, a shop for, for spraying and uh, for our equipment um, about three months later. And so now we, we have all sorts of overhead on, you know, on rent space now, but, uh, <laughs> but, it's, all, but it's all being highly used. And um, we actually charge our customers to pay for the shop area. So we're bringing in money for that. And um, so that was, that was probably the hardest thing. Um, other than, 
um, as far as decisions. I think the hardest thing we have as a company right now is, is just getting enough people. Um, you know, we, like I said, we grew 65% or 68% last this, this year over last year. And had we, uh, been on top of our hiring a little bit better, um, we probably would have brought in another two or $300,000 worth of, uh, um, top line revenue. Mm. And, uh, um, you know, cause we ended up having to slow down our marketing efforts because we just couldn't, we just couldn't, uh, keep up with it. You know, there's one thing to say, Hey, you know, if you book with us tomorrow, we can, we can paint your house in two months. I mean, that's hard enough to swallow, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing that we started to run into, um, and it slowed down just because of the holidays right now, but people would call us for an estimate and we'd say, well, I can send somebody out to your house in two weeks for an estimate, <laughs> right? Yep. So, you know, when that's the case, we're not, we're not putting anything out from a, um, an advertising perspective extra. So we still get the word of mouth calls and all those other things. But, uh, um, so yeah, so that's been the hiring thing has been the biggest challenge, I think. So how have, how have you dealt with that, mate? Cause obviously that can really strangle a business, not having enough people to deliver Mm -hmm. the work that clearly you're able to generate the leads as a marketer and you're doing that really well. But uh, how on earth do you deal with that problem of finding good people? So I don't know if you remember, but we we do hire a a little bit differently than than most people. Mm -hmm. Um, We hire folks that have um, zero to just a little bit of painting experience because we like to train them from the ground up. Uh, And so... um, and then on top of that, we found kind of a niche in that we hire artists, uh, folks that paint or draw or sketch because they typically are very artsy, right? Which yep. means they have tattoos and <laughs> colored hair and piercings and all this kind of stuff. And um, and we welcome all of that. Um, and so we have found that um, advertising to that group of people um, has been easier because nobody else is nobody else is going after that group of people. Um, Mm -hmm. we like that group of people for a couple of reasons. We know they like to work with their hands. Uh, they have good hand eye coordination, um, which is obviously something we have to teach. And, um, they typically have a pretty good even keel personality. Every once in a while we, we, we come across a crazy one, but, uh, (laughs) we, we like the quiet ones that just like to get their work done and, and, uh, uh, and so I have found that as long as I am being intentional, I can always find somebody. It's when I was getting busy and my attention was in other other places and um, uh, I would forget or just get sidetracked doing one of the you know million of other things that needs to be done around here. Um, that's when we would suffer because then we wouldn't have somebody filling the pipeline because I have to think of employees just like I feel like I have to think of filling my marketing funnel. Yeah. I have to fill my my hiring funnel. It takes me, which is not normal. Um, I know this because I talk to painters all over the country. It takes me about three to four months um, to train somebody um, to be really useful, um, almost to a lead position. Um, and that comes back to what I told you, what we paint. We don't paint everything under the sun. We only do interior, you know, residential painting. So unlike other paint companies that'll do you know, house restoration and exterior painting and staining uh, and all these kind of things that really do take a, 
a really deep and wide knowledge base to do it right because there's different products and there's techniques and all these kind of things. Um, we don't have to train all those things. We have, you know, we have a dozen or so things that we have to train how to do well. And, um, it, uh, it, it has sped up the, the training process. Uh, and so that's a huge competitive advantage that we have over all of our competitors because most painters, and I would say this might even go for the folks down in Australia, is that they, because they don't like to train, they just want to hire experienced painters. It, it ends up being just a shell game of paint contractors stealing workers from other paint contractors, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so, so you talked about that training lag, and I know it's an issue for a lot of my listeners. Uh, committing to employing somebody or hiring somebody is, is a big enough decision in itself, but to then go out and get someone who's not immediately productive... How do you, or what sort of business do you need to build and, and what are some of the considerations of bringing someone on that, you know, you're talking about three months before they're fully trained. How can you carry somebody like that for that long? Well, the the reality is, is I have about a week that they're not productive. And and after that, they, they are productive. Um, I would challenge almost any, any contractor um, because, so I'm in this chat room uh, on Facebook and it's got like 13,000 painters in it. Right. And I posed the question. I said, fill in the blank. I spend 80% of my time doing blank and overwhelmingly, probably nine out of 10 answers was prep prep work. And so that confirmed what I already believed. So if, if 80% of our time is spent uh, covering floors, taping baseboards, cleaning rut brushes, um, putting plastic on things, uh, you know, all of the kind of prep stuff. Like I don't need to spend $25 an hour for a guy to do that. Yeah. Right. And so I think in any business that's in the trades, um, cause I, I I've done other things in the past. I don't know if we talked about it, but I, I used to do flooring and kind of light remodeling. Yep. And so let's take a tile guy. So in tile, you've got all sorts of like demo that you have to do. And to my knowledge, I don't think it takes a ton of skill and training to learn how to like break up tile and put it in the trash. Um, And then you've got carrying tile into the house. Like that's a huge thing, right? Because if you're doing a whole house, like just boxes and boxes and it's heavy and all that stuff. Like, again, I don't want to pay a $25 an hour guy for that. And I would, I would venture to guess that almost in any trade, you've got a lot of those kinds of tasks, right? Mm. And is, and especially if you have, let's say your team is like a team of three guys, right? That are fairly experienced. And let's say they're doing trim carpentry. Well, I'm pretty sure there's enough work for a fourth person that would do nothing but sweep, move wood around, um, you know, set up the the different things that they've got to do, tear out uh, old material. Like there's just so much stuff that, that can be done. And then it's just a matter of adding one thing at a time. Like, all right, let's let's teach somebody about cutting miters, you know? Yep. And so for the whole month, you're going to, you're going to do all of our miter cuts, right? You get pretty damn good at doing that after doing that for a month, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, I think we, most people don't teach well. 
and I do come from a little bit of a teaching background um, earlier and and when I was in my younger days. Uh, and I just learned that in order to to get somebody to do something, you have to there's just a couple of phases. So you first show them how to do it, then you watch them do it, then you correct them, then you watch them do it again, and then you correct them again. And hopefully by that time they kind of have it. And then you just kind of have to keep monitoring it. And so it's not really hard. But I think guys get so busy and they're like, well, I'm a, I've got all this work to do. I can't take five minutes out of my day to go show somebody how to do something. But if you do take that, let's say you take the 10 minutes okay, to show them how to do this. Well, now you don't have to do the 40 hours a week that they're going to help you do. So you can make the money with all the high dollar items, right? Yeah. Yep. So. And it's... Uh, Something that you said there I, I want to sort of grab hold of, and it's giving them, I guess, the simpler tasks to start with, even though they're not doing the ultimate thing that they, that you employed them to do, which might be, you know, painting by themselves or, or sort of higher level tasks. Mm-hmm. They're being productive at some level rather mm-hmm. than having this mindset that, well, if I employ somebody untrained, they're just kind of going to be hanging around costing me money but they can mm-hmm. be learning and and freeing you up from doing things or freeing up mm-hmm. a more experienced team member if you've got a bigger team uh, and sort of pushes everybody up the the chain up the family tree yeah absolutely and it takes a little bit of planning like you've got to make sure you're doing things in the proper order so that the other person does consistently have something to do Um, but we, you know, most of our projects are pretty big and our lead painters, um, honestly, we tell them that the, really the only thing that they should be doing on a project, once you've got your prep kind of fully trained, um, the only thing that they really should be doing is cutting in lines on the ceiling. I mean, that's one thing out of a big project. Um, and so everything else is pretty, like pretty easy for us. And so a lot of things can be broken down in that way. And, uh, and so there's a lot, I, I think we, I hear this when I'm in paint chat rooms, like they talk about craft and they talk about how hard it is to get to their level and how good they are. And, um, you know, I'm not a perfectionist and I think, um, success, uh, one of the enemies of success is perfection. Um, and that's because things can't ever be perfect. And so when you get something to a level that's really good, that's good. That's really good enough because, you know, when you're going for perfection, it'll just never get there. (laughs) You know, I have a brother-in-law and he's, he's a fantastic trim carpenter, like master craftsman level. Right. Yep. But he could never make any money because it's never perfect enough for him. Mm. You know, and I'm, I'm an okay painter. I would, I would honestly say that, like, especially now that I don't, you know, it's been probably a decade since I was actually on a painting project, but we offer this really great experience for our customers. I don't need to be a master painter and none of my guys need to be. I may have one guy that I would probably consider a master painter, but we're not painting the Sistine Chapel, <laughs> you know, we're, we're painting houses and in fact, we're doing a task that just about all of our homeowners could do themselves. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I but we have, have the right fact, tools. Yeah, but we have the right tools. We ha- we know the right process, and so we're going to be 
um, a lot more efficient and we're going to produce really great results. So. Yep. So uh, now I know we're, we're going to probably run into your time limit for, <laughs> for our chat today, mate. So I'm keen to, to extract as much uh, as I can I'm, out of you uh, in the time available. Um, so back to the whole Facebook thing, like 12 times return on investment, 15 times return on investment. I, I wrote this down earlier. You you said you will probably, based on your projections and, and past performance, generate a million dollars in business just from Facebook. Yes. Mm-hmm. In in the coming year or, or I think... Uh, in 2018, yeah, yes. Yep. So uh, I'm sure there's people out there listening to that going, how the bloody hell does he do that? What's uh, And I know we chatted about this a couple of years ago when you are on the show, Nick, and I think it's yeah. worth revisiting because the landscape has changed so much and, and I'm sure it will continue to shift. You know, the things that do work, the things that used to work that no longer work as far mm-hmm. as marketing broadly but but more specifically that online space and i love that mm-hmm. image that you uh painted for us before pun intended mate uh yeah nice. of uh you know I, I walk around public spaces and uh everyone's got their head down in their mm-hmm. in their freaking phone so yep. uh it makes sense that if that's where they're looking that we get ourselves in front of them there because they're not looking at buses and tv ads and listening to radio mm-hmm. what's What's been the evolution of your um, content marketing and in particular your Facebook presence and how you're getting those results? So I'm not going to revisit everything that we talked about last time. No, we'll um, run out of time. Mate. So so you'll have, so people that are interested need to go back to what episode did you say that was? A hundred and... Uh, one, two, three. Twenty. Makes it one, easy. One, two, three. Okay. Yep. Yeah, nice. Um, so go back and listen to that. Really, those those uh, those truths have not changed for me. Um, but what I will say as a reminder, um, so go back and listen to that and then understand that you are not selling. I, I see this over and over and over um, in in Facebook posts that people do you know, for business purposes. And so I'll constantly see somebody post an image and they'll say, call for a free estimate today. And I'm like, no, 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 because nobody will share that. As soon as you sound like you're selling, someone's not going to share and hit the like button um, because that's going to go into their feed, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, you want to share images that people are interested in. So people are very interested in painted cabinets right now. So for for us, we have a lot of images. If people go to our Facebook page, Walls by Design, you'll see a lot of images of cabinets you know, before and afters. And then I'll do something, you know, fun and funny um, or just, hey, check this out. This one really turned out nice. Like it's really super basic. Um, I don't follow any of the, you know, the standard marketing rules of having a call to action and making sure you, you know, have a phone number so they know how to get in touch with you. It's it's Facebook. They know how, there's like a million ways that they can, they can reach out and, and connect with me. Um, I've had people email me. I've had people call our phone number. I've had people message me. I've had people comment in there. Hey, here's my phone number. You know, have your office call me like every which way under the sun. They figure it out. Like it's not rocket science. 
Um, yep. So you don't need to go and put your phone number everywhere and say, here's my email. You just don't have to do that. Um, because we really want people to engage, um, hit the like button, hit the share button, uh, tag friends of theirs. I mean, it's on a daily basis. It's, I see people tagging, you know, their spouse, um, to, to show them, you know, an image that we have shared. Mm. And so those are kind of some of the truths. Now, some of the things, uh, you know, people, what I like about Facebook is that, you know, people in a, in a small geographic area, they know other people and they're friends with them. And so they're friends with them, not only in their community, but on Facebook. And so once they start to like and follow me, then those images and those postings end up going into their friend's feed and their friend's name is then associated with that post. Mm. And so that's really where the magic starts to come in. And so when you start out a campaign, you really want to start in a small geographic area like one city or two cities that are next to each other. And you start to get that following. And then, you know, now... I mean, people know me all over the town, um, and, and it's because of Facebook. Um, now I will say we're really interested in, uh, in trying to capture more, uh, and try to make it even bigger ROI. So I said we, we did 15 times ROI this year and I'm pushing for 25. And the way I think I can do it is, um, Facebook has given preferential treatment to Facebook live mm. because they're trying to push that platform. Yep. And so I already have a big following. We have almost 8,000 people that follow me. Now, for a big brand, that means nothing. Like 8,000 is, is ridiculous. But in a small geographic area, 8,000 followers is a lot. Um, I have yet to see another painting company that's privately owned, uh, that's not like a franchise, have more followers than us. Um, and, uh, and so I get to leverage that when I go on Facebook Live because as soon as I go live, it goes into all of my feed. Like it, there's, I don't think that they're selective on that yet. I think it immediately goes and says, you know, Nick May or Walls by Design is online. Watch them live now. Yep. And then after I have ended that live chat uh, or that event, then um, it further gets promoted as a video in their feed as well. Now, I don't think it's as prevalent as when Facebook Live goes on, but it is treated higher and with more preference than just a regular post. Yep. Yep. And so, so then once I get a little bit of traction with that, then I can promote it and boost that video and get even uh, more traction. And those are all lower cost per, per impression kind of ads because they're people that are following me. And so we're going to go to a platform where I'm actually going live once to twice a week um, on regular intervals. Um, and we're going to start to leverage um, industry partners. So because I have this big audience now, um, I can leverage that for other people. And so here's how I'm going to do that. So I have 8,000 people that follow me, and I'm going to start going live at 1.30 on Wednesdays. Why 1.30 on Wednesdays? It's because I have a large percentage of, of my followers are female, and they're stay-at-home moms. 1.30 is because it's after lunch but it's before they have to go pick up the kids. So that's kind of my mentality on why I've picked that time. Yep. And I've picked Wednesday because it's in the middle of the week and it's far, far away from the weekends when they've got lots of activities that they got to plan for. 
Um, so then what I can do is I can go to an interior designer that I'm friends with, you know, because I podcast and they all know me and all that kind of stuff. So I can grab an interior designer, go to their showroom or go to a showroom at the design center and we can talk trends. So now I'm not going to be talking, Hey, buy my stuff. I'm going to be promoting somebody else. And that person is also going to be promoting me. Right. And the content that I'm going to be sharing is not necessarily painting, which isn't always the most exciting thing. Um, so it'll be about interior design, which a lot of my followers are always interested in, in, you know, what trends are going on, you know, what's something in the showroom. Um, and so with all of those combined leverage points, I believe we can actually get higher than 25% or 20, 25 times ROI. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So really the, the premise of all of that is, that you're not selling on Facebook. I mean, this is an, a pretty old rule and it still stands. You're not selling on Absolutely. Facebook. You're uh, you're engaging people and creating yeah. content that they are interested in. It's useful. It's uh, yes. you yes. know, it's shareable content. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how you're getting inquiries. Yeah. And every once in a while we'll do something on paint, but for the most part, we're going to be promoting other people. They're going to be sharing it with their audience, which is different than mine. And we're going to be putting out content that my audience is going to go, oh, I wonder what Nick's doing today, right? So do you ever sell on Facebook, Nick? Like do you have offers or click here to book or anything like that? No, I don't. Wow. A million bucks of business and you don't have <laughs> click to buy. It kind of goes against a a lot of... There's a book title. There's a book title in there somewhere. Million dollars on Facebook, never sold one thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it it goes against some of the standard uh, teachings, I guess. And and, uh, there's always exceptions to rules, but... I know you follow a lot of those guys, those marketing guys online. And uh, no, I don't don't follow any of the, the, the standard rules of what people tell you to do. Yeah. But I don't think you've, you've probably heard too many people having the results that I've had. No, not from the traditional create an ad, build a landing page, uh, run a yep. special offer of some sort, um, and you know drive them to an email list and then right. sell the crap out of them and yep. hope they buy. Right. Yeah. Now and now when I first started, it was a you know it was slower go. You know we weren't we weren't knocking down any doors, you know right out of the gate. Mm. Um, but if you remember correctly. When I first shared the story, I started doing $50 on Facebook just here or there, promoting things that I thought my audience was interested in, which was painted cabinets, which I knew because I, that's everything I saw on Pinterest and Instagram and the television shows and all that stuff. So I knew people were interested in it. And, um, and one day I looked up and I thought, man... I have spent about $1,000 over the course of a couple of months, but I've sold $10,000. And mm-hmm. I thought, gosh, maybe I'm onto something. And so that that's where the, the journey began. And I just started doing more and more and more. And, mm. you know. Yes, it's uh, it's interesting, mate, to see that you've done that very differently to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I, I have to admit... When people talk to me, trades and contractors talk to me about using Facebook, I pretty much just spout the same stuff that I've been told, which is, 
yep, you need to run a campaign and you've got to have a landing page and then you've got to build an email list and then you remarket to them and then, you know, you still do the helpful content thing. Um, you know, you need a free download or something to, to bribe them into giving you their email list, but you're not doing any of that. No, I think, you know, that's one thing that we would like to do better at this year is collecting emails and doing better email campaigns. But the truth is... <laughs> the truth is you're going to make a million bucks out of Facebook without doing that, mate. <laughs> right, right. And I and I just personally don't like email marketing for the most part because I don't open any of those, right? Like we all get spammed with email marketing stuff. Um, so we try to be very selective of how much email stuff we put out. And, we, and, and again, I, I take a little bit, well, pretty much the same tactic with emails. I don't try to sell stuff. I try to add value and, and get in front of my customers. And so when we do send out uh, emails, I think our open rates typically in the 40 to 50% range, yeah. um, which is super high for email, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's phenomenal, mate. Yeah, so we, you know, we're typically saying, hey, um, I don't know if you remember, but we do, uh, we do a free touch-up program for our customers. So yep. as long as they live in their house, um, we, we'll come back once a year and do that program. Yep. But we only do it in January and February. So we send out emails right around this time of the year and say, hey, just to remind you, this uh, this January and February, we'd love to schedule a time for us to come out and, and touch up uh, the house. Yeah. Uh, and so those are the kinds of emails we send out. So they're like pretty excited about getting <laughs> emails from us. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let us come and touch up your walls. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm keen then, given that, yeah, and we won't talk more about your previous results, although they're pretty spectacular and, and very impressive, mate. Uh, and well done, by the way. I mean, it's to Thank do you. things differently to what the gurus are saying takes guts and and a whole lot of faith. And uh, and it's always nice to see people who back themselves uh, to do that sort of thing. So it's it's great to see those results, Nick. But what's what's your predictions or um, guesstimates of? You know, if you look forward to next year, a million bucks potentially from Facebook, um, you know, they're, they're always trying to revamp the platform and keep us all interested in spending money on uh, <laughs> on campaigns. Where do you think this is all going? And what, what do you think some of the, the big or maybe even the small uh, changes or pivots that will happen with perhaps your marketing and uh, and marketing in general? You know, I, I know video is, is super... Um it's everywhere right now as far as um, Facebook and Instagram. They all, you know, they all started these, these video feeds. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that changes over the next year because they've, you know, they've had a couple of updates and, you know, just a year ago, I don't even know if we were doing, I guess we were doing Facebook live, but I don't think Instagram live was a year ago. No. Um, no. And, um, but here's the other thing, I, and I don't know how it's all going to play into it, but um, podcasting is huge. Hmm. And the platform for podcasting, there's so much opportunity because it's such a personal experience. You know, you have an audience that listens to you every yeah. week, right? You, you put out every week. Yep. And so people know you intimately, <laughs> and there's no other media that you can use and have that kind of extended attention, right? Yeah. yeah it's um, crazy, and so isn't it? I'm interested to see where what what we see changes wise in the in the podcasting world, technologies for um, the different platforms. I, 
I'm totally disgusted with what, um, you know, the app store and, and what Apple has done with podcast because it's just horrible. Um, and there's gotta be some kind of, uh, app coming out at some point that helps us engage a little bit better with our listeners, mm. um, to get feedback and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but you just look at all the brands, like that's why we're expanding our platform under IMA media and to say, Hey, we'd, we'd like to help other folks, you know, build a, a, a podcast, um, platform. Now I don't know about podcasting from a, uh, like a small regional area. Like I, I, I've thought about it lots of times. Like, is there a podcast that I could put out for like Denver, like for me to get attention with homeowners in Denver and I just can't figure out a way to do it. Um, but you know, maybe there's, there's an opportunity there, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not a, uh, I, I kind of like to, the nice thing is that we're in an industry that, that lags a little bit behind, um, everything else. And so we can just kind of figure out after the fact of what, <laughs> what's become popular. And then, and then if you jump on somewhat quickly, then, then you can take advantage of it. Cause right now, I mean, Facebook has been like, it's hot right now. And I think there's some people that are, um, that are saying, you know, in another five years, maybe it's not going to be as cost effective. So it, mm. it, it might just be way more expensive just because it's become so popular. Um, you know, it's like, we, we don't remember back to the early days of email, but in the early days of email, if you got on that bandwagon for, for email marketing, like you had like 90% open rates because people were just excited to get email. You know, oh, I have an email and I got an email. Oh my oh, gosh, let me open it. Yeah. You know? Um, and now it's like, oh my God, I got another email. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> I get all these filters and I got hundreds of things that go into my spam folders every single day and, and you just, and you, and they still come through, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Well, same thing. It's like, it's, it's an undervalued um, advertising platform right now. There's mm-hmm. a, it's getting a lot of attention. Um, I can only hope that it stays there, but I, I don't have any visions of grandeur. And so that's why I, I, I look in the, the landscape and I go, okay, where else do I got to go? Where do else do I need to be planning for down the road? And, uh, and for me and for my market, that's Instagram. So we're trying to prepare for that. Mm. So, uh, basically video is, is the, still the thing. You know, if, if someone's sitting there going, well, what's my focus going to be for my marketing in 2018 as a contractor or a tradesperson? Like, what, what will you be telling your clients or your mastermind uh, members about? Yeah, I would say if you, if you had any money to put into marketing, I would only, I would double down on Facebook ads. Like, I would just figure it out. Like, take, take $2,000 and don't spend it all at once, but slowly start trying it. Don't outsource it to somebody else. Uh, play with it yourself. See what you get a result with and then do more of that and less of the things that you don't get a good result in. And that's, I mean, that's what we, we sit down at the end of the year and we look at all of our ROI things, you know, all of our activities that we've done. And I, I had to kick off two things on my list. One was getting eight times ROI and one was getting nine times ROI. And we said, well, those are just the bottom two. So let's just not do those anymore. Let's <laughs> put off. it into... Right. So let's put it into the 25 and the 35 times ROI. Like that makes way more sense. Right. So that's, 
you know, that's the kind of things that, that I'm doing. But if you, if you have very limited funds, I would put it all into Facebook. Like once you have the basics and the basics, I say, you've got to have a good Facebook page. So that doesn't cost anything. You've got to have a good business card that costs a little bit of money, but really it's almost free. Mm. And then you've got to have a, a good website that looks good so that it doesn't necessarily have to convert and, and drive traffic and, and, and have all the Google search and all that kind of stuff, but it needs to be a place where when you do meet somebody and they do get your business card and they go back to their house or they jump on their phone and they go, oh, let me see this guy's business, and they go on, fa- on, on, your, on your website and it looks modern, it looks clean, they can easily navigate it. Like that doesn't take that much money. It doesn't take thousands of dollars like it used to. Like I always tell people, go to my website, that cost me, I think, if I spent $350 on that thing, that's that's probably more than I spent, right? Wow. And $350 on a website. Yes. Mm. That's all I spent to, to build my original website. Now, there's lots of hours in adding content and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But the general framework for, the, for that is it was a template, and we customized it, and I did most of that. Yeah. And so those are the basics. So those are the three basics I always start. And that's where, where I start with all of um, the guys that I talk to and try, you know, trying to help them. And, uh, and so get those three basics down and then let's figure out all this other stuff, right? So the little bit more of the advanced stuff. Mm. But I will also tell people, don't start marketing until you have the systems in your business and you know what you're doing. Because if you start marketing and you don't have good systems, then you're throwing money down the drain. Yeah. But that's a whole nother talk that we'll have to do a whole nother <laughs> podcast on because because <laughs> you're gonna have to go, man. Because I have, I do have to get get off and um, and do another one of my new podcasts, actually. Yeah, cool. Hey, uh, one quick question. I'll see if you can answer this quickly. Uh, what's one wish you have for 2018? I only get one. <laughs> you've done, you've only got time for one, mate. Oh, okay. Um, or just tell us what they are without, uh, without the detail, perhaps if you've got more than one. Well, I want to make twice as much money as I made last year mm-hmm. and I want to be out of my business, out of my office 50% of the time. Mm. Doing what? Um, just out like that might be podcasting that maybe I'm traveling a lot for the podcast. Um, I'm oh. taking a little bit of vacation. I'd like to take a little bit more vacation. Um, uh, I've gotten to go to, uh, Spain, uh, I went in February and I'll go again this year in, um, uh, in March, mm-hmm. um, because of one of my po- my podcast sponsors. Um, and I get to take my wife on that. So that's really fun. Mm-hmm, nice. Um, and I, yeah, I guess that, those are the two things. Um, cool, man. So many things are going in the right direction um, that, you know, it's uh, certainly seems that it's way. It's been man. exciting. Yeah. And and uh, I'll I'll commit to checking in with you, maybe in a few months or something, and we'll we'll have another chat, mate, and we'll dig a little deeper on a few of these issues because we sort of skimmed over the surface of a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. which has been great, but I don't want to leave it two years <laughs> until we chat again, mate, because I'm keen to follow your uh, your journey no, and your growth. No. And, uh, it's fun. I, I'd love to, to join you as, as often as you'd have me. I think there's a lot of lessons in there for uh, for trades and contractors all over the planet. Uh, sure. And, yeah, if we can dig some more out, mate, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And besides, I, I love I love listening to your American accent, man. It's just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
All right, dude. Um, well, uh, thanks so much for your time, Nick. I know you've got to go and do another episode um, somewhere else. Uh, it's been awesome having you on the show. I wish you and your family a fantastic Christmas and, and holiday season, mate. Thanks. Can I can I plug my my newest podcast? Hey, go for it. I yeah, where where I could... don't think I mentioned it once. No, no, no. So where where do listeners have to go to subscribe to your podcast just in case they want to add another one to the list? That's right. I would <laughs> just add, not not uh, <laughs> not know, replace. Not replace yeah. But yeah. Uh, but join me over at the Business Brush, and that is where I'm talking about paint contracting. But you can replace paint with wood or bricks or tile or anything so cool um yeah the business brush we're in itunes we're in stitcher i think we're even on google play uh i don't know how we got there but i think we are we can't and, we can't do that here in australia no um, can't do that? no we can't submit to google play yet it's not available in our in our region so unless mm. i do some weird techo stuff and and create a you know sure a fake yeah, site yeah. but uh, i've tried to get yeah. one onto spotify but it's not showing up so anyway <laughs> figure that out well fantastic this was fun to, to catch up with your work yeah thanks man uh enjoy the rest of your day and uh i'll speak to you in 2018 dude uh awesome cheers buddy there you go another episode another guest nick's one of the best guests i've had on the show i love his passion for business and trying new things and staying up to date and uh yeah he made some really good points in there about you know that whole thing that I talked about at the top of the show about adapt or die. So he's off taking a break. Uh, well, he was because I'm doing this after Christmas because <laughs> I took a break, as I said. It's the first year I I pretty much switched off my devices and just uh, just chilled out. Didn't really check emails or anything for multiple days at a time. It was great. Anyway, that's our first episode for 2018. I hope. It's shaping up to be an awesome year already. I am looking forward to bringing you more content. I've got some more guests lined up. I'm pumped up for a great year ahead, and uh, I hope you are too. So uh, hang around. Stay tuned. There'll be another episode coming your way. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.